Welcome to the Cruising and Campfires podcast. I'm your host, Kimberly Crossland, a non-outdoorsy but wildly camping-obsessed mom. I created this podcast as a way to connect with other camping-loving families just like ours who might not always feel the most equipped for that hardcore adventuring you often see. It's here that I share my personal experiences, my personal lessons learned, and also interview other travelers who have exciting stories to tell. Let's dive in. Today's episode is sponsored by the Cruising and Campfires Adventure Box. This box is full of activities that change ongoingly, will change to keep your kids engaged while at the campsite. And you're going to see why that's important in this episode today. But just so you know, when you sign up to get an adventure box, you can do it one time or you can subscribe to it. But inside, you're going to get a different adventure for your kids. Each month, a new one is released. And so you always have a new way to explore with your kids outside. So I mentioned that that adventure box was part of today's episode. And really, it's just a small part. Today, I'm talking about dispersed camping with kids. Dispersed camping or boondocking or whatever you want to call it is really when you go away from those established manicured campsites and you're out in the true wilderness camping. Now, I've only ever really done this as an adult and with kids. I've only ever done this with my travel trailer. So full disclosure, everything I'm going to be sharing with you today is really geared around how to do dispersed camping with kids when you're inside a trailer, RV, whatever whatever kind of recreational vehicle you travel with, that's what this is. If you're tent camping dispersed with kids, it's a totally different ballgame, but a lot of these tips will still apply. So I'm going to talk through exactly how we approach the campsite when we get there and how we talk to our kids about what's going to happen. I'm also going to talk about some of our favorite activities that we have done while dispersed camping, and then of course, just a few meal ideas to get you started. So let's start first with how we approach that campsite. Um, When it's dispersed camping, I feel like it is so much more difficult to understand the rules of where you're at. So we've done dispersed camping a few times. One time was on our family's property. And of course, we, even though we knew the people who owned it and they were there with us, we still really wanted to be respectful of their wishes. Little things go a really long way. Like, where to go to the bathroom. (laughs) Um, That's a big thing when you're dispersed camping, even with a trailer. We try not to go inside the bat inside the trailer too often, just because you don't want, um, you don't want to have to lug all that back down to a dump station or back to wherever you're going to a dump station. And oh yes, by the way, I am going there. (laughs) Um, It can be really difficult though to know exactly those rules and how to be really respectful of the area. So it's important that you talk to whoever has the land or you're camping on, or you talk to, or you research where you're going and understand the rules that apply for that area. So one of the apps that I like to use, they're not a sponsor of the show, but one of of the apps that we use is the Dirt, D-Y-R-T, um, they've been pretty good. You can also just go on to the websites of the if you're going like in a national park or on BLM land or wherever, you can also go online and, and do some research that way too. So the rules are out there. You might have to go hunting to find them, but they are out there. And the more that you can plug in and figure out those rules before you go, the better off your trip's going to be. You don't want to have any question marks when you're out there because um, for as another tip for you, when you're out there, you're probably not going to be having a lot of cell phone service available to you. So on 
one of our camping trips, dispersed camping trips, we did, but we didn't really use it very much. But I found that because we were dispersed and so far out of range, um, even though we had access, our phones would die really quickly. And as you know, when you're dispersed camping, you don't have a lot of electricity to just go and plug in and charge. We have a generator, but it's still not something you want to run all the time, right? And so having your phone off is a really good idea unless you need it. Or um, if you ever, if you are dispersed camping, knowing where you can go to check in is also a really good idea. So we were lucky at our last dispersed camping trip right across the street from us. We literally climbed a tiny hill. It was uh, probably... I don't know, 50 feet up, if that. It was really, really tiny. But just climbing up there, we were able to go and get cell phone service. So throughout the day, we go once or twice and maybe go check in because we had some family back at home that we wanted to make sure everyone was okay. And so it was just a really easy, quick check-in. But then we'd walk right back across the street, turn it off unless we were doing something like where we wanted to take some pictures. But other than that, we had it off. There's really no reason to have it on. Now, the only stipulation here is if you run into an emergency. So emergencies do happen no matter where you are and you want to be able to get help. And so inside our travel trailer, we have, um, it's this really, really cute. And by the way, it's also in the cruise and a campfire shop, but it's this really cute cork board where we can hang up our location. So a lot of times people hang up their campground maps. Well, when you're dispersed camping, you don't really have a campground map. But what you do have and what you can have are your coordinates. So if you look on the map before you go and you get the coordinates of where you're headed to, having that those coordinates available and then knowing where you can go to get help if you do need help is so important. If there's an emergency, the last thing you want to do is say, well, I'm on this national park land and I don't, I don't actually know where I'm at, um, but I'm over here. Can you come find me? They're going to say, no, we can't. And you, it's going to be hard for us to find you if, if you are out of cell phone service range, you know, so it's, it's very, very difficult. It could cost you a lot of time. Having those coordinates hanging up, if there ever is an emergency, it will help you to drive to go get help or call in help when you, whenever you need it, which hopefully you don't obviously, but we always want to be prepared. The other thing is, um, as you're out there, speaking of safety, is to have a fire safety plan. So, obviously, I've named my company Cruising and Campfires, named the podcast Cruising and Campfires. I love campfires. (laughs) It's safe to say there's nothing like sitting around the campfire, but they're dangerous. They are dangerous. Now, I live in Arizona, so we do a lot of our camping here in the Southwest. Um, we are not full-timers. We are part-time campers and RVers, but we understand how dry it can get and just how dangerous things can get. We've been through some really awful forest fire seasons down here. We've seen it. We've smelled it. It's not a good thing. So obviously, you know basics on campfire safety, but also understanding little things like where, um, little things that are not actually that little, but for example, where your fire extinguisher is in your travel trailer or how far away thing, like just being very mindful of where you're setting up your fire. A lot of dispersed campsites, um, they will not, they'll not have like a manicured fire pit, but a lot of them will have a place where you can have a fire. Um, like someone will already set, dug a hole and set up the rocks around there, just going through and making sure that's still, safe and clean from all debris and just doing that check before you light any kind of a match or flame is so, so important. 
The other thing is when you're when you're camping with kids, campfires are especially dangerous. I found that at um, at different campgrounds, it's a little bit easier to keep the kids away because the camp the campfire sets are a little bit higher up, and so that makes it a little bit simpler. But when you have just the rocks surrounding it, your kids see rocks that they want to climb on, or they have they're um, they're having such a good time just gathering the rocks or gathering the firewood that they decide that that's that that's now a toy and that's now a play area. So having that conversation is so, so important. It's so, so valuable. And I think that sometimes we forget it and we forget to go into a little bit of detail about what it actually looks like to be safe around the campfire and also what it means to practice fire safety. So we love to have the conversation before we light the fire, during the fire, and then as, and then let them be part of putting out the fire. They can, this is a great activity for them to do during the day, by the way. I'm going to get to a few more activities in just a second, but um, having them fill up like a five gallon bucket full of sand, they love to dig in the sand anyway. Why not put them to use and let it be like a good learning lesson for them? So getting them involved in that fire safety early on is just some, such an easy and powerful way to be, help them be really mindful of, yes, it's fun to have a campfire. Yes, it's fun to cook on the campfire, roast marshmallows but it's something we have to be safe about. So the final thing is in terms of like our camp setup is we also really like to have a hand washing station. Now hand washing, water is obviously in shorter supply when you're dispersed camping. Um, We will fill up our tanks, our water tanks, freshwater tanks before we go wherever we're headed, dispersed camping. And then we also have a water filter. So we use that water inside of our tanks often for drinking water, And then, of course, bringing along extra drinking water and knowing where we can go out and get more drinking water if we're running low. Um, Like the last trip, the last dispersed camping trip that we took, we were close to a little town called Sonoida, and um, we knew that we could just run out there if we were starting to get low. But having that water available is so important. And sometimes um, we forget because we're trying to conserve it so much, the, also the importance of washing our hands. So we have um, hand sanitizer out at a table that's just outside of our RV and then also inside. And then we still have our soap and water and have like that regular reminder, go wash your hands. And we always go and wash our hands with the kids to make sure they don't leave that faucet running like they might accidentally at home. It's so good to help them be mindful again of where you're at and, um, and how our resources are limited. So it's just one of those things that are often not thought about until you're out there. And so I think that making sure you pack a little extra sanitizer and then soap, of course, and, and just setting up your schedule. When you are out at the campground, um, you know, we hear so much about this leave no trace, but I have to tell you the last time we went camping, there was so much trash. There was so much trash and it was gross. It was so gross and so sad to see. And, um, it's actually inspired me in cruising and campfires for every single adventure box sold. We're going to pick up a pound of trash out at the campgrounds because it's so bad for so many reasons. And I don't need to go into those reasons. You already know them, but, um, practicing the leave no trace is really easy when you're prepared. So one of the things that we do is, um, specifically to trash is, we will bring, we have two different trash cans. So we have the trash inside our travel trailer, of course, and then the trash can outside. 
When we get to camp, I love to get our kids involved in setting up that campsite. So one way we do that is we set up the trash can, remind them all trash goes in here, and then we have them go and get rocks to help hold it down because inevitably there's wind and, you know, there's, we don't want that blowing over and then having the trash go everywhere because that totally eliminates having your trash, a trash can at the, at the campsite. But getting one of the ones where you can secure it, like zip up around the outside so the trash doesn't come flying out at night and you can secure it from wildlife digging through it is also really, really important. Okay, because this is a, a podcast all about camping with kids specifically, I want to give you a few ideas of how you can have fun with your kids while you're dispersed camping. There's so much more that I can go into about safety, Um, around dispersed camping, but really what I wanted to focus on is dispersed camping with kids. And part of that is letting them have fun. Now, last time we went camping, (laughs) there was a family that pulled up. They had four kids and I thought, this is great. My kids are going to be able to play with other kids. They kind of kept to themselves, which is totally fine. But boy, did they bring some toys. And I don't mean like shovels and buckets. They brought ATVs for every single person in their crew. There were six people total. They brought mountain bikes. They brought remote control cars. They brought drones. They had literally everything it felt like that you could bring in their toy hauler. They brought it. And so we were right next to them and got to hear all of that, which was okay. It didn't bother us too much. But when I say entertaining kids at the campsite, I'm not going to go into talking about all of that. We do not have all those toys. It'd be really fun if we did. Uh, we have nothing against them, but there's more to more available at the campsite that you can do besides just hopping on an ATV. Definitely riding your bike is super fun, but there's also things even if you don't want to lug a bike. Sometimes bikes can be really heavy, and if you, depending on your vehicle that you're towing, or if you don't have room inside your tra- inside your trailer, you want to have different activities you can do around the campsite. So. One of the ones that we did, um, we do pretty much every single trip, is build a fort or find some kind of a clubhouse. So we did, actually on the last trip, we just, we did both. So we pulled in and we got this really fun campsite that had a tree where we could kind of, our kids could sort of sit in the nook. They brought their camping chairs up there. It was really fun. We read books up there and um, it became like their little clubhouse and it was really a cute place for them to go and hang out and have fun and they could kind of get away from us without us losing our line of sight on them. And so we got a break too as parents. I think as moms and dads, we are always like having that hopeful moment where we can actually sit down and enjoy our cup of coffee and relax, but knowing our kids are safe. So it was that was a really fun opportunity for us too. But if you're at a campsite where you don't have one of those trees, you can also go and build a shelter. So gathering wood and like leaning it up against a tree is really easy to do let them get really creative. And I'm going to have somebody come on the podcast who's going to talk about specifically loose part play outside. It's going to be such a good episode, but this is one of those opportunities. Take all those loose parts, let your kids explore and gather and um, build something out of it. So many different lessons there for them. You can also bring along a a, um, a tarp and you can find a tree and some rocks and have your kids get involved a tying up and making like a makeshift tent. That's another really good way, not only for them to get involved with, um, with building a fort, but also for them to have a little bit of shelter if it gets really windy all of a sudden. Yes, you could go inside, but this makes it feel more like the camping experience and 
it makes it really, really fun for them to get involved in. Another thing that we did was we built a tree swing. So dispersed camping, you don't have the luxury of a playground or a park close by most often. So we turned our own, we turned a tree into a playground for our kids and it was really fun. We, I can have my husband put together, he is the knot expert in our family and he was able to tie a really secure tree swing that we could all swing in. I put my foot in it, my kids actually sat in it, Um, but we had such a good time on that one because it was it was something that we could just do and play, be really playful with. And so don't forget that even though you're dispersed camping, you can still do these really playful things. It's not all work. It's work hard, play hard. That's my philosophy for it. Um, I also brought along a wooden puzzle. And again, I have a wooden puzzle in my shop, but any wooden puzzle. Um, and we were able to put together, we put together this little gnome. The one in my shop is a bear and a deer. And it's really fun because once we put it together, we were able to bring that places and have like our little gnome sat on a tree where you can have bear, a bear and a deer guarding your clubhouse or your fort that you just built. So those types of activities are really clever, really fun, and it keeps kids' attention for a really long time. The other good thing with wooden puzzles is you can also bring along some paint and have them paint those puzzles so they get really involved. Again, it keeps them occupied for a really long time. They have fun with it. And then they really take ownership of that's their little animal or that's their little gnome or whatever wooden puzzle you're creating. I like the 3D ones because it feels more like you're creating a toy rather than just putting together a puzzle. So when I say wooden puzzles, it's really like those 3D ones that that can come with you different places. And then they're really easy to take apart, put away, and use again on another campsite. So it can become like a tradition where you're bringing along this little animal or whatever you built. You can bring it along and take pictures of it at every single campsite. And it's just such a fun, natural way to get those kids involved and have those memories. Another thing is to have board games along. So we have tons of board games. And if you're in the Cruising and Campfires Facebook group, it's a free group. Go and join it if you're not there. Um, it's facebook.com slash groups slash Cruising and Campfires. But we had a great thread going about which board games are your favorite. So as a family, we love specifically, um, and I can put links to these in the show notes, we specifically really love the squirrel, sneaky squirrel game. This one's really fun because it's, you have a squirrel and you have to pick up the acorns with this squirrel tweezer and then put them on, on your board or take them off your board and you're trying, or no, I'm sorry, you put them on your board and you're trying to get all the different colors. It's a fun, like strategic one where you can steal each other's and it's a really cute game. Our kids love it and we had fun playing it with them. We also love a game called Pass the Pigs and it's basically my sister-in-law, shout out to her, gave this to us and I guess my in-laws, they played this growing up too, but I'd never heard of it. So you have two little tiny pigs as dice and based on how they land, you get points and it's really simple, but there's also some strategy to it. So if you roll too many times, you lose all of your points, that kind of a thing. So adults and kids can also have fun with that one too. And then of course, a traditional one is Jenga. I just love Jenga. There's so many different ways to play Jenga. Others in the group had said Yahtzee. That's another really traditional game and Uno. So there's lots and lots of board games, but the point is to bring those board games along, have a couple of them that you can do just in case the weather turns south outside you want to go inside, you're not going to have a movie you can turn on. You're not going to have um, a ton of electricity necessarily, but those board games are so much fun. And if you are playing them in the dark, having a little lantern by you makes it even more exciting. I had mentioned 
arts and crafts before painting those wooden puzzles. And that's another thing that we did on this last trip. So I mentioned that clubhouse that we had um, it, and inside of it. And so, by the way, this was a trip the day after Christmas we left to go on this camping trip. And so we're still kind of in Christmas mode. And I brought along a few wooden ornaments. Um, and those ones will come in the in the campfire box that you can get online on cruising and campfires. But these wooden ornaments and then a few crayons for my littlest and paints for my older one. But they were able to sit down and I was so surprised. I let them pick out. I said, whatever you want to pick for this trip, you can pick out one thing. We're going to bring it with us. And they both chose the ornaments. They sat down with these wooden slices and they colored them and painted them and decorated them for the longest time. They were so engaged with it. And then afterwards, we strung the twine through, made a knot and went and hung it up on the tree. And they were able to see their artwork on display at a campground. There's something so profound about for kids about seeing their artwork on display and letting them do that outside is really fun. Of course, we packed it up when we left. We took those ornaments back down. They're in our trailer and we'll go bring them to another campground next time we go disperse camping. But it's such a fun little memory. Also, we might just hang it up on our Christmas tree next year as a fun memory of that trip. So instead of buying an ornament, you can make your own and it it gives those kids a chance to really contribute to the family. So like I said, this podcast episode is sponsored by the Adventure Box of Cruising and Campfires. Every month there's a different adventure that comes out. So right now we have the um, Outdoor Explorer and so you get a compass, you get a field journal, you get a knot tying kit because I've talked a lot about knots. You get the wooden puzzle that I already talked about, those paints, and a few other things too in there. But there's going to be new ones coming out every single month. And so for you to, you can go on, if you're going on a dispersed camping trip, you don't have to worry about what do I bring? How am I going to keep the, the kids entertained? You can just go pick up one of those boxes and then it's really easy. You've got everything you need to have a really solid couple days out in the woods without having to worry about constantly keeping them entertained. These are all activities that are in addition to all the other stuff you're going to be doing out there also. So definitely nice to have on hand just in case things get, kids get bored or weather goes south and you need something else to do. Okay, so the last thing I wanted to talk about before I close out this episode is our cooking. We have a grill that we brought along, a propane grill, and um, but we didn't use it for every single meal. So we cooked some of our meals over the campfire, which was so fun and so delicious. I have to tell you, we cooked the most amazing mac and cheese and hot dogs on our first night there. And it turned out so good. The kids had so much fun. They were able to roast the hot dogs themselves. We had the... the um, and the mac and cheese was over the fire, so they got to feel like they were cooking over the fire. You could kind of hear it sizzling a little bit. That was really fun. The next night we cooked, uh, or no, the next morning, I'm going to tell you our breakfast too. We cooked these chorizo, and my husband's going to kill me the way I say that. <laughs> I can't say it correctly, but chorizo and breakfast sausage hamburgers for breakfast. They were incredible. It's literally a 50-50 split between breakfast sausage and chorizo. And you put it together, you mix it together. We made the patties before we left, just popped them in the refrigerator to keep them cool until we left or a cooler if you have a cooler. And then we grilled them up that morning along with an egg. Our boys loved it. We loved it. It was delicious. Put it on a bagel, put it in a burrito. It doesn't matter. That evening we made chili also. That chili was, it just tastes a little bit better when you're outside. (laughs) But we made a really simple chili. And for that, we actually ended up using our grill 
it was just a little bit easier for us given the the pot situation that we had but that's another really easy one you can do over the campfire and then of course you have your s'mores you got to bring some marshmallows along every camping trip so those are a few easy peasy meal ideas for your next trip I would love to hear what you're cooking over the campfire and so please come and share it with me on my Instagram page you can find one of those pictures of my campground meals or tag me in one of your campsite meals or any of your dispersed camping trips. I love to see these adventures. So my handle at Instagram is at cruising and campfires. Come and find me. Come say hello. I love to connect with other campers. Until then.